Hello and welcome to another episode of the B2B Brand Enderman podcast with me, your host, Amir Bajrafshan. This podcast is all about the importance of building your brand to generate demand in the world of B2B marketing. And today's guest is Peter Elgar from HPS Picking Solutions. Peter is a B2B marketing professional with a ton of experience, and I'm sure you'll learn an awful lot from our conversation. So without beating around the bush, let's jump right into it. Okay, so Peter, thanks for being with us today. Do you want to tell us uh, who you are and um, what you do? So my name's Peter Elgar. Um, I've worked in marketing for... Many years, I think I started in the late 1990s. I've worked for various different companies, ranging from engineering teaching products to CRM software to IT support to uh, web hosting. And for the last seven years, I've worked for a company called HPS, who makes an engineering product called Pigging Systems, better described as Liquid Product Recovery Systems. Right. Okay. So could you tell us a bit, when you joined... HPS, what you identified as the main kind of like marketing challenges? So HPS was a small company at the time. I think it was about 20 odd people, but it had been around for, for nigh on 20 years. They'd had never had a professional marketing person. So there was a lot of scope, but there was a lot of disjoint. A lot of people in the company over the years had played at marketing, which is which is fairly typical. So somebody had done a brochure, somebody else had done a flyer, somebody had done the old email shot. Um, they were disconnected. There was no sort of brand standard, etc. The company had largely grown organically. Um, so marketing was a, really a new thing for them. Um, having said that, the company had very, very good product and a very, very good reputation and was fantastic at customer service. And that is largely how it got to the position it was in. Excellent. Okay. So what were your priorities, I suppose, when you were planning and did you have a big, a bigger vision than, you know, the, dis- the disparate activities that you've just sort of like described? Yeah, I had to very diplomatically put a lot of stuff in the bin. <laughs> so for example, the brochures, the flyers, they went up went up to um, fit for purpose. The website wasn't fit for purpose. Um, I didn't want to go in all guns blazing. I wanted to find out carefully what works and what didn't, and what messaging we should use, how we should uh, develop our brand, etc. What I found over the years is every company is different. Every product is different. Even if you're in similar sectors with similar products, people behave in different ways. Your client market behaves in different ways. So my priority in a way, it was quite good because I had almost like a clean sheet because they'd not had a professional marketing person before. But I didn't want to upset things too much. So slow, steady, prioritize the important stuff, such as a website, um, without treading on too many toes. They were spending a lot of money on certain marketing activities, which were getting results, but the money could have been a lot better spent elsewhere. So I had to be diplomatic and prove myself and and piece by piece start different campaigns start different activities and prove as I went along that's really interesting and it sounds it sounds like you're really mindful of um the relationship element of coming into a business and also where HPS were at that particular time and I found it interesting how you said you proved yourself so how was that a deliberate thing that you did? Did you set about 
knowing that you'd have to prove yourself? And if so, how, you know, how did you do that? Yes, I, I did know I'd have to prove myself because I've been in situations before. Well, if you go in and say, no, you've got it all wrong, you should be doing it this way, do it that way, you're going to put people's backs up and you're going to get problems. And you need other departments on your side. You know, we're all one one big team and you have to work together. Uh, marketing needs the input of other departments. The other departments are a reflection of your brand. Um, so my vision was to build a marketing machine, create a strong band with strong lead generation, which will ultimately grow the business. So you said that, you know, you need departments on your side. Which departments do you identify as being uh, key to, to, to having on your side in marketing to get success? I'd initially say all, but the most important ones are sales because we're two links in a chain. There's a lot of overlap between sales and marketing. Sales are the marketing department's eyes and ears, and vice versa, sales rely on marketing as marketing is the face of the company, and we ultimately deliver them leads. So one of my first activities when I joined HPS was to go on sales visits with the sales guys, find out how they work, and also have a chance to speak to customers. Um, the most important thing, though, was to listen. Excellent. And what else? So the sales which is you know, a key partner in terms of uh, marketing, which other departments would you say are key? I think HR actually, because your brand, when you're building a brand, it's very closely related to your company culture. So with HR, whether it's with recruitment, HR need to understand your brand values as does everybody else in the company, but HR in particular. So when they're recruiting, they know the sort of attributes of the people to look for regarding the brand. Uh, similar, similarly with induction, um, you've got to get, when marketing do, marketing should take place, take, <laughs> marketing should play a part in the induction process. And I don't just mean shaking hands and saying hello with the marketing department. I mean, sitting down with them for a good hour or two and saying to, to new staff, this is our brand. This is our brand values. Uh, this is how it works. These are the messages we're trying to get across because all staff at some point will have interaction with customers and they reflect your brand. If there's a massive disconnect there, you've got a problem. Um, similarly, with your existing staff, it's important to ask them and, and do a questionnaire if you like, and you can make it anonymous. Ask them what they think of our brand values. So if, for example, you say you're an innovative company, Ask them to score it on one to, one to ten. How innovative do you think this company is? Because then, it, again, if there's a disconnect, if your brand values aren't reflected by your people or vice versa, you have a problem. I love that. You're really looking like you're get, trying to get buy-in on those values to create an alignment. Because as you say, no matter where you work in the organization, at some point, you're going to interact with, with customers, and there needs to be that congruence throughout the, the organization for everything to, to work. That's a great point. It's buying in and engagement, but also you cannot impose brand values on people that aren't right. So if there's a massive disconnect there between what your staff think and what you're saying your brand is, you may have to look at your branding again. Okay. And where did the, the brand values come from? Were they present when you came or was it something that you developed and if so how did you how did you do that a bit of both they were largely there when i came um, and luckily they did generally reflect um 
our real brand, if you like. There's the external brand and our real brand, and it's our staff generally agreed that our brand values were correct. We had to tweak them a bit, but uh, but yeah, they were generally already there. Okay. So sort of like m moving on now, you said, you know, you wanted to build a marketing machine that had a strong brand and that generated the leads so the business could grow. How have you gone about balancing brand building with uh, lead generation? You can't really do one without the other. So for example, if you focus just on lead generation, you're still going to be building your brand as you do it, but probably not very well. Vice versa, if you focus just on branding, you will get leads out of the blue, but they're probably not going to be the quality as if you've balanced them both together. So how you find that balance, I think it's sort of trial and error. I mean, I did prioritize lead generation with branding. Uh, it, it is a tough one to get the balance right, but you sort of just know when you've got it. Uh, it's also a moving target. So things just keep on evolving. Is that what you're saying over, over time as the business changes? Absolutely. I mean, I'm spending more time on branding now than we did initially because initially it was important to get the leads in the door. Now, because we've got better branding, we're getting better quality leads, um, less nurturing, higher conversion rates. That's really interesting. And I guess it underlines the power of, of a strong brand, um, which in my experience is often overlooked in, in B2B. So I'm really interested because HPS does have a strong brand. If you experienced any pushback um, about investing in brand, et cetera, brand building, and um, how, you, how you navigated that. Initially, I did. Going back to the early days, as I said, um, HPS hadn't really had a marketing department before. So there was a little bit of pushback because I was changing things. I was changing the way we were doing things. And people who don't really understand branding, I mean, why would they? They're not in marketing. Um, they'll think that your brand is just the logo and it's why do you want to change the logo? Why do you want to spend X thousand pounds looking at pretty colors, etc. Um, not at HBS, but at previous companies, I've had the remarks that marketing, oh, they're just the fluffy department. I've had remarks, why do we need a website anyway? Uh, one of my favorite is, um, we don't need marketing, we just need to sell more products. <laughs> okay, okay, that's interesting. So what, do you have any sort of advice for, for, for B2B marketers out there that, understand the power of brand, that perhaps have a CEO or a CFO who are pushing back that don't see the value? How might they um, go about proving the power of brand to people that don't, like you say, understand marketing? Yeah, so you need to prove yourself. Take it step by step, um, record everything. Say, keep the data, keep the figures, show your successes, talk, 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 and listen. Be prepared to listen to other departments. Marketing can very easily become an island. I've seen it in other companies. In that case, you're going to have a problem because sales, for example, will say, oh, the leads from marketing are all poor quality. And marketing will say, well, sales couldn't close a barn door. Uh, and that accounts for all departments. Marketing needs to be involved with all departments. I don't mean tell them how to do their job, but make sure they know what you're doing, what you're up to, and the results you're getting. You can usually explain them pretty 
pretty clearly with with a few graphs and a few good results and and be honest and you know when things don't work say well this didn't work and we think it didn't work because and so we're doing this next time okay that sounds that sounds like really good advice um so we've mentioned um the sales department um and you said at the start that you went on some sales uh, sales trips to understand can you talk a bit about having a really strong relationship and a great alignment with the sales department how you'd go about that and what the benefits are it's one of the things i'm really pleased that we've got in hps actually the sales and marketing teams work very very closely together and i don't just mean at a senior level i mean you know i talk to the sales guys every day you know <laughs> fairly regularly sometimes every hour um how do you do that i mean as I mentioned, I think sales and marketing are actually converging, particularly with social media. There's a bigger and bigger overlap as, as ever. Um, so work with the guys, go on sales meetings, go on sales visits, look through their proposals, offer constructive feedback. Uh, if they ask for help, give them the help they need. And you sort of become one team almost. Yes, there is differentiation, of course, but, uh, Listen, work together, be helpful. You're all one team with a with a single aim, uh, which is getting sales and growing the business. So uh, work, work with your sales guys. And you said earlier that sales can be your your eyes and your ears. Can you talk a bit about that and how that communication and understanding sales as like eyes and ears, I suppose, can help you do better marketing? Yeah. So the sales team talks to customers daily. Uh, marketing doesn't. I mean, we have social media feedback and so on, but we're not sitting down with the customer and having Zoom meetings or having face-to-face -face meetings or, or going around factories as the sales guys are. So you need to harvest that information. Um, it's extremely valuable. Uh, if you can go on sales visits, again, it's extremely valuable because the insight you can get from that, you find out things, you find out different ways that your messaging could be changed. Uh, yeah, work with the guys. Sorry, Mia, I lost that one. What was the question again? Just about how um, sales can be your eyes and ears. Do you want me to ask the question again? Uh, let me think about it. How can sales be your eyes and ears? I think what, what you were saying was sort of on point. Yeah. Should we just go again? Yeah, let's yeah. try that again. So you said earlier, you made a really good point that sales can be marketing's eyes and ears. Can you talk a bit about about that and how that communication with sales and understanding them as your eyes and it's going to help you to do better marketing. Yeah, so the sales guys and girls, they talk to the customers every day. Marketing doesn't necessarily do that. Maybe a bit of social media interaction, maybe the odd phone call, but sales are talking to the customers via Zoom, face-to-face -face meetings, emails, etc., negotiations constantly. So you can harvest an enormous amount of information from that, even if you just cc'd into a few emails, even if you read through proposals. If you go on sales visits and find out what sort of questions the sales guys are getting and, and the ones that they're asking, that's an enormous amount of information sitting there. Um, 
uh, because they have direct contact with customers that marketing, marketing doesn't necessarily have. And no amount of marketing research or market research will get you that. One of the, your best sources is your sales team. Also, you know, if you have customer service representatives on site as well, or engineers, for example, setting up your products, getting them to work, they're also a valuable source of information as well because they talk to people that maybe a little different down the line that salespeople do. And then you can use those insights into and, and utilize them in what messaging campaigns or just better understanding who you're, who you're selling to your messaging will be better because you've got more insight your campaigns you can tweak your messages accordingly uh, and you can have as a marketing person you can have a better conversation with the customer earlier on because you understand the products and the markets are constantly training our products are constantly changing so there's always something to learn Okay, that's, that's some really good uh, insight there. So you and I have spoken um, in the past and we've spoken about um, how at any given time, which is typical for a B2B audience, that there's a very small percentage of buyers ready to buy. Can you talk a little bit about how knowing that um, helps you when you strategize um, and what, what it might lead to in terms of your activities? Yeah, the most important thing is consistency. Consistency, consistency, consistency. Whatever campaign you're doing, there's n no point in doing one email shot or doing one post on social media. It's like going to the gym. There's no point just doing one workout. That's not going to build any muscle. You're not going to lose any weight. You have to keep at it. You have to keep going. Also, don't be afraid of repetition because you can put out one post once, for example, a social media post or one email shot, etc. Um, you can use that message again because most people aren't actually going to see it. It may get boring for you to send out the same message. Um, but firstly, they're not going to see it. And secondly, you need to keep reinforcing that message. I think that's a fantastic point. I think that's a really, really strong and powerful point. How you said repetition is really important because most people will probably not see that message, especially on social media. Even if, you've, if you're doing paid uh, campaigns, the majority of your audience probably won't see or register. Or if they do, there's no real harm in repeating that because repetition helps comprehension, I suppose, isn't it? It doesn't matter if they see the same message again. I mean, you can tweak it to vary it a little bit. Um, but by repeating the message, you're actually reinforcing it. They're not going to get bored. <laughs> and in terms of the messaging that you put out, again, understanding that there's just a small portion of people ready to buy now. So how do you balance messaging knowing, uh, knowing that? That's a tough one. I think you sort of get to know. Um, it doesn't always work. So you keep varying, keep experimenting, keep up with your consistency. Uh, just keep at it. Um, so you mentioned something interesting earlier, how you felt that sales and marketing were converging. Can you talk a little more about that, please? Yeah, so there's always been an overlap with sales and marketing, and it's important that there is. But particularly with the rise of social media, uh, that overlap has become even greater. So, for example, marketing, as we, we personally use social media, 
uh, in a professional basis. We're getting to talk to our customers via social media. We're nurturing that lead for a lot longer. Uh, it's getting to the state now where you know I, I've nurtured a lead and I'm even on the phone to them, starting to discuss um, the technicalities of our system uh, before I hand it over to sales because I feel like I've got to know the got to know the prospect. Vice versa. And I'd advise this for most companies. We've given our sales team training on social media and how to do it. It used to be the the realm of marketing, uh, but I think uh, nearly all sales team know, should now be out there on social media, building their own personal brands. And again, that that's overlapping with what marketing used to do. Okay, so moving on, you're obviously a really experienced marketer you've got a lot of domain knowledge so just in your perspective and your view what are some things that you see marketers doing that they should perhaps be doing less of and what do marketers also need to be doing more of to get more success i think marketers all need to keep up with the latest developments so for example social media platforms are coming out all the time they're not all going to work for you for example i'll never go anywhere near TikTok at the moment because it's just not where our target audience are we pay lip service to facebook but i don't think that's where our uh, target market is however that may change similarly our products are changing uh, our messaging is changing for example um five years ago our, our products increased the profits of companies and that was the clear focus on the messaging. Now the messaging is 50% about the sustainability and the environmental benefits of our products. You have to keep changing. Um, you change your campaigns, you change your messages, you can change the platforms and where you put your message out. So how do you keep abreast of all of that? Because it sounds like just everything is in flux all the time. <laughs> so how, how, do you, how do you keep abreast of all that. I, I just think that's the job of a marketing person to do that. You know, part of your job is keeping up with the latest platforms, the latest developments, whether that's the latest technique for search engine optimization. You need to talk to Google or Bing, your, your uh, account representative about the latest developments in paid search. Uh, social media, you need to be out there. So keep up with the the various websites, there's a lot of resources out there that you can do it. Um, which ones you actually choose, which ones you use, all come down to uh, experience, um, gut, gut feeling largely, uh, and just try it. Awesome. So it sounds like what you were saying there, that there's going to be constant changes and developments in technology, in terms of customer needs, and also product as well. So um, uh, a savvy marketer will have their eyes and ears open uh, in all places <laughs> and be able to uh, not just notice that, but internalize and then take action on that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So earlier you made a really good point about that development and alignment of culture and, and brand. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that and how it matters and what matters to your customer? It's absolutely essential. At the end of the day, your customers don't actually care what your brand values are. They care about what you deliver. 
they'll make your their own mind up about your brand largely based on the experience they have with you so that could be the moment they send you an email the moment you f they fill out a form on your website the moment they phoned in and perhaps got a stroppy response from a receptionist that's in a bad mood that day um so staff at all levels need to understand your brand values genuinely buy into them and actually deliver them uh, that's probably more important than all the brochures, all the websites and all the logos you can deliver. Because that will help to build up the experience that customers have with you and then the quality of product or solution that's delivered. Yeah, the, the experience that customers have with you is actually your brand. You know, you, you can put labels on it and logos and things like that. But it comes down to customer experience. The, the, the brand, what, what is the customer going to picture about your company? When you mention HPS, what do they think? Hopefully, they think, great company. Yes, I, I remember the HPS logo. Great company, great service, fantastic product. I'm going to go back to them for more, and I'll be prepared to pay a premium for it. That's what your brand really is. It's what the customer feels about you. That's, that's a really good point. And I think you made a really good point in there about those positive um, experiences, meaning that people will be willing to pay a premium because it's worth it. So is that where you think one of the big values of investing in brand is in terms of pricing profitability? Yeah, you can charge a little extra, you get trust from your customer, they're more likely to come back to you, um, you're credible, they rely on you, it will help you grow your business. It's difficult to do, it's difficult to get right. Um, not, you know, you can set out your brand guidelines and you can try your best to deliver them, but they're very easily broken. One person has a bad customer experience. To them, your brand is bad customer experience. So you have to get it right all the way through your company. That's, that's a really, really good point um, about brand, about culture, and how it really adds up to the experience that people have and take away from, um, from the business, which equals your brand, I, I suppose. Peter, you've covered some amazing, um, amazingly helpful and insightful areas, including um, relationship with sales, how to align your relationship with sales, the power of brand, um, and how to align a culture with brand as well. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure our audience will get a lot from that. It's been an absolute pleasure in there. Thank you.